you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Well, hi there. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This is episode 76, and I am your host, Oliver Banks, and it's a pleasure and a delight to be here with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Now, right here on the Retail Transformation Show, we love to dive into, as the name suggests, (laughs) retail transformation. And I'm not sure if you've thought about things in this way, but right now, we are experiencing perhaps the biggest transformation that any of us have ever seen and probably ever will see. If you're listening when this episode comes out in April 2020, the coronavirus lockdown is now worldwide. Not in every country, but in a huge number of countries. In my view, this is the biggest exercise in change management or transformation delivery that I have ever seen or that I can even think of. If you can think of something bigger, then do let me know. I'd dearly love to hear from you about what you think the biggest transformation the world has ever gone through. We're seeing stay-at-home or lockdown changes being implemented across the world now in many different countries. The New York Times recently reported that almost half of the world's population is now under some form of lockdown or stay-at-home order. Half of the world's population. That is an enormous population in terms of a change audience, right? So to undertake such a huge initiative, there has got to be a really big, really thorough, really strenuous, really detailed and really successful communication strategy and plan. So in today's episode, I wanted to dive into that communication strategy and really pull it apart to see what we can learn and how we can learn from that communication strategy, what we can take from the biggest transformation that any of us have ever seen and certainly been on the receiving end of, and identify some key actions and ideas that we can take from that communication strategy and apply into our own retail transformation initiatives. Before we dive into the COVID-19 specifics, I wanted to step back and look at the World Health Organization, the WHO, who have a set of five communication guidelines that I thought would be a great scene setter. So the five are, number one, trust. Because without this, the public won't believe the rest of the communications that are being put out by whichever government is trying to deal with it. Number two, announcing early. And this is really to stop rumour and speculation and misinformation. If you don't follow this guideline and you don't announce early, it can result in misinformation filling the void. It can result in an increased likelihood of a leak happening, an information leak happening, which just looks bad for everyone. And actually, as rumour and speculation starts to build, it can become more fear-inducing, more frightening for the general population It looks like people don't understand it and there is this impending threat with nothing being done about it. So announcing early is the second guideline. The third guideline is transparency. 
And this, again, is really about continuing to build trust and maintain trust, that first guideline. And it's also about being proactive in sharing information. Don't wait or try and hide things. Be open about the danger. Be open about the actions being taken and the threats involved as well. Really, you want to get the public on side. This is the aim of that transparency guideline. The fourth guideline is to listen. You want to be listening to the public's perception of the risk. What are their views? What are their concerns? And then you can tailor and adapt your communications to those specific perceptions and thoughts that you know people have. And then finally, planning. And really, this is all about maintaining control and consistency without confusing or bombarding people. And one of the lines that I really loved from the WHO's document, overall document here, is, but more importantly, it must translate into action. It must translate into action. We've got to agree with that, right? Absolutely. So those were the five communication guidelines shared by the WHO for dealing with pandemics. Number one, trust. Number two, announcing early. Number three, transparency. Number four, listening. And number five, planning. So do keep this in mind. Now, in today's episode, I wanted to dive into some specifics to help illustrate it. And being based in the UK, I am going to use the UK government's communications about the whole stay-at-home strategy. Not about coronavirus. It's not about political strategies or anything like that. This is just about critiquing the communication involved around the stay-at-home strategy. Now, here in the UK, we've got a very simple slogan, stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. And that is being used by the government a lot. (laughs) It's being used on podiums. It's being used in speeches. It's being used in social media. It's being used in advertising. So it's widely used and it's the same three elements time and time again. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives over and over. And actually, it's very similar in use to other successful election campaigns. I'm thinking about the most recent general election in the UK where Get Brexit Done was the Conservative Party motto, which again was used over and over again. Get Brexit Done, Get Brexit Done. Or even in America with Donald Trump's last election campaign, Make America Great Again. You saw that everywhere, caps, billboards, everything. Make America Great Again. It gets drilled into you. And this sort of repeated motto can be a really clever strategy to drill an idea into the wider population's head. And it's nice and simple as well. Three parts. And one of the things I really like about that motto, the coronavirus one, I mean, is it has the actionable element. Stay home. That's what you should do. And then it also has the outcome and the overall impact. You know, protect the NHS. That's what you're trying to do so that you can save lives. So I really love how it all hangs together. And it shows that actually, if you want to save lives, what do you need to do? You need to stay at home. So I think that's a really clever way of positioning a change communication, a change motto. It's very simple. And it really helps to avoid confusion. You know, there are many different elements that could be included in that communication. Oh, well, you can go out for this, you can, you don't need to stay at home for that. And you do need to stay at home for this. It could bombard people and it could very easily get confusing, right? And I'm sure we can all think of changed communications in the past, whether it's government ones or whether it's at work, wherever. 
that have just got very confusing and you end up being bamboozled and not understanding anything at all. I'm sure you can think of some. And actually, even if we look within the coronavirus epidemic, some of the other changes that the government have tried to communicate, social distancing, washing your hands, not panic buying or bulk buying, some of those initiatives which the government tried to communicate haven't been so clearly understood and they haven't been so widely used or successful, in my opinion. So they've had a great top line, a headline, that everything else can underpin it. And that's almost the brand, right? The motto becomes the brand behind the change. And that's quite clever as well. So it's then used in other adverts and messages as well. I also think there's been some great branding that goes behind that motto. There is, uh, I've, I've got some of the images on today's show notes page, incidentally, which is obandco.uk slash 76. obandco.uk slash 76. So if you want to see this big, powerful motto in action and how it's been branded, then do head over there. In particular, what I quite liked is actually it's got one with three different colours. It's got a sort of a yellowy orange, a red and a blue, which are the large three political colours, by the way. Was that on purpose? I don't know. I'll let you decide. See if they were trying to appeal to all voters or whether it was trying to get the big primary colours and appeal in that way. Who knows? I'd love to hear your views, though. So I think the government has done a good job with that top line motto. But where I think it's slightly unravelled is when you get down into the specific information. So the individual government web pages in particular I'm targeting here that are so text heavy and so boring to read, frankly. And they're written in a really complex way. It's not a conversational tone like many of the adverts are, but it's really formal and structured. And it is, as I say, boring to read through. And that means people won't follow through. They'll want to go in and understand what it means for them, but it's difficult to get into. And if it's difficult to get into, then it leads to the wrong advice coming out. So I think absolutely we can think of times of change management that we've been on the receiving end on and maybe even been on the giving end of where the detailed information is done in a boring and confusing way. And that means that the overall message may be understood, but the specific action isn't understood. So it doesn't get followed properly. And I think whilst we're also on this topic, it's worthwhile pointing out that although the action stay home is very clear through all of the government communications, a number of people still misinterpret what that means. And then another group of people decide to just ignore it anyway, which we'll come back to in a bit. We've seen certain retailers classify themselves as essential when actually they haven't been, with the aim of staying open when actually the government does not feel they are essential. So they've had to then re-clarify to make sure that people do understand what those essential shops are. We've also seen other people interpret the guidelines in slightly different ways when it comes to particular jobs and what can be done at home and what can't be done at home and what does need to be done and does not need to be done. Or maybe it's people just casually breaking the rules, thinking that a one-off little lapse in their judgment will be okay. And again, think of change exercises that you've witnessed. There are always those that misinterpret the information and there are always some that decide to just ignore it anyway. Maybe because they know better, maybe because they have more information, maybe because the change is done in a bad way as well, right? Lots of different reasons. So I think overall, what we've seen from the government, certainly in the UK, is a very simple message at the top line, and it's executed really well. 
but it gets confusing when you get down into the details. And there have been a number of people that have still misinterpreted it. However simple you can make it, it still gets misunderstood and ignored. That's a massive lesson for any change management initiative, right? So as we move on, we've seen some really relevant and timely communications by the government. Yeah, I'm thinking the weekend of the 4th and 5th of April, just before this episode comes out, was forecast to be very sunny. So the government got ahead and made sure that it was clear they were communicating that people should still not be going out to sunbathe. They should not be going out to barbecues with their friends or going to parties and so on to really make sure that it was relevant and timely for those people. So there is no misunderstanding. And that shows that the government have been listening and monitoring what's going on, what the perceptions are and what the perceived exceptions are as well. And they've been adjusting their communication to suit, following the WHO's guidelines about listening and monitoring and adjusting. And I think that's useful to think about as well. They've been communicating a lot, which we'll come back to in a little bit. But I think probably the communications have been a little bit too much sort of spray and pray. One message for everyone. They haven't tried, in my opinion, to try and get some specific advice out to different groups of people. It's just been one message for everyone. And I think that has been an element of confusion as well. The next angle that I wanted to look at was the action-orientated angle. As I mentioned before, it's got a very clear call to action. Stay home, right there in that motto. It's very clear and it's very consistent. And I also do like how they are explaining why that is the right course of action and what the implications are if you do follow that course of action. You know, that element of protect the NHS, save lives. So that's a useful takeaway as well. There is plenty of critique out there as to how early the communications came out and certainly the actionable communications came out. You know, thinking of that WHO communication guidelines was all about communicate early, arguably, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong because I'm not the right person to say so, but arguably there has been criticism that the government did wait too long before putting in place the stay-at-home lockdown actions. But what I do think is interesting is now that there is that very clear call to action, that very clear guideline, the focus is now shifting to the non-conformers. The majority of people in the UK absolutely are staying at home and are only going out for those essential trips, you know, getting food, getting medical supplies, etc. But there absolutely are people that are bending the rules or just plain ignoring the rules. Whether that's sunbathing in city parks or whether that's going out to the national parks for a nice walk or whether that's just going around to friends' houses to have a meet up and so on. And what's happening now is the police are starting to enforce and break up those rule breakers, shall we say, to really guarantee and drive compliance to this very clear call to action. We're also seeing some famous people who are being busted for not staying at home and are then having to apologise publicly. So again, that is a way where they're using some of the influencers that are available in the, in the world to help drive the message through again, albeit they've already broken the rules, which isn't really great from an influencer's perspective. The next angle I want to look at is all about how often that message is repeated. I've already mentioned it already. It's being used everywhere, that motto, that same motto again and again and again. In fact, when Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister, announced the UK lockdown in a six-minute briefing video that went out to the country, he used the term stay at home five times. 
in that six minute time. And he also then used the opposite three times. So don't leave home. So essentially a total of eight times that he gave that same instruction over that six minute briefing. And repetition is very important when it comes to any form of change or any form of communication to make sure that that message is drilled home again and again and again. Maybe you've heard of the rule of seven in marketing, which implies that someone needs to hear a message seven times before they'll consider taking action. I'd argue that rule of seven in today's information heavy environment is probably much higher, maybe 10, maybe 14. I don't know. I'm I'm literally guessing. But still, the same fundamental essence is there. You have to repeat the message before people understand it. So I think the government's done a great job at repeating that message, at drilling home that same motto again and again. And as I mentioned previously, the other communications that the government has put out about social distancing or about washing your hands or about not panic buying haven't been so well received because they haven't been repeated again and again. And they didn't have that clear and simple motto that that really stood behind them. We have also seen a lot of government communications in this time as well. Really regular briefings, really regular updates from people like the prime minister, from people like the health secretary, from people like the chief medical officer that really continue to feed the factual information or at least the government's perspective on the factual information to the people. It stops this information void that gets filled up with rumors and misinformation. And it also it's a great opportunity to tackle that sort of perception in the marketplace that people are thinking and put out the truth. It stops fake news and it stops the rumor mill dead in its tracks, or at least it should do, and it should continue to do so as well. I think the government have done a great job from a a multi-channel perspective, shall we say. They've used lots of different mediums and channels to share this information, whether it's the news, whether it's TV adverts, whether it's social media adverts, whether it's even things like Instagram stickers. And I've recently heard that they're now starting to put in these adverts in computer games as well. So there is that stay home, save lives messaging in a computer game. And again, go to the show notes if you'd like to see an example of that in place. obandco.uk slash 76. So I think they've done a really good job of spreading that same consistent message over many different channels and in different formats as well. So we all take information in in different styles. So some people love videos, some love to hear things, some read it, lots of different styles. And there's a great opportunity there to help sync that message into all of our heads, whoever we are and wherever we are hanging out. And it's then encouraged people to take part and help amplify the message. You know, I've seen the hashtag stay home on Twitter, and it's really starting to escalate and amplify that message, as I say. So they've done a great job at repeating the message when it comes to stay home. And then they've also used a whole series of different people to help spread that message as well. We've had subject matter experts sharing the message as well. People like the chief medical officer and other people high up in the world of medicine and healthcare that are spreading that message. We've had health professionals spread the message. I'm thinking about pictures of nurses and doctors holding up the messages of we stay at work for you, you stay at home for us and things like that. I'm sure you've seen them on social media. We've got authoritative figures. We've got the prime minister continuing to drive that message home, drive the action home. 
We've also had the Queen drive home the message as well in a broadcast to the nation, which is a really unprecedented thing. I think it's only happened four times in her in her long reign as a monarch. So they've used a series of experts and authority figures that can really champion and drive home the message. But the one flip side of that is that when those experts don't follow their own advice, it really deteriorates the whole message. It causes pain across the whole strategy. And here I'm referring to Scotland's chief medical officer who decided not to stay at home, but instead continued to frequent her holiday home. And when she then communicates about the advice to stay home, there is heckling and more conversation about the fact that she's not obeying the rules rather than the rule itself. It drives the wrong message. It's showing up a leader as someone that is not leading, so to speak. So absolutely think about who's championing your change, who's championing your transformation. And actually, are they being truthful to the overall change? Are they being truthful to the overall transformation? Or is the figurehead actually confusing the message and deteriorating the overall take home and takeaway? Have a think about that as well. That's an interesting thought. So that's the overall critique of the government strategy. But I've got a model for you, as well as some tips and actions that you can take away from today's episode. But before we get on to that, I suppose there's a massive question. Has it worked? Well, from a, a literal sense, that stay home piece. Has it worked? Well, the majority of people absolutely are staying at home. They are restricting their movements, making only those essential trips. There are those that have got the communication confused and there are those that decide to flaunt the rules anyway. And the government are continuing to crack down on those non-conformers through increased police presence and again, continuing to repeat that. So in terms of that stage, yes, I would say it has worked. There are more people staying at home. Definitely. Yes. Are there enough? Well, that's an interesting question. Has the overall strategy worked is really the question there. And that probably at this moment in time, it's too early to tell. The government say they are beginning to see the signs that it is working. But for me, I just don't know. I don't have the info and we will have to wait and see. So has it worked? Yes, it seems to be working based on what we know at the moment. So I have a model for you, a communications model. Not if you're a government that is communicating about COVID-19, but if you are in retail and you're communicating about a change or a transformation initiative that you are leading or managing, then absolutely this is the model for you. And the model is START. S-T-A-R-T. Each letter stands for something. S stands for simple. It's got to be easy to understand. No complicated words, no complicated themes, but a good tone that makes sense. And perhaps you need to focus on a motto, similar to what we've seen with the coronavirus. What would the motto for your change or your transformation be that can allow you to simply communicate what you need to do and why? So S is for simple. T is for targeted. You've got to have a clear audience and you've got to make your communication relevant to that audience. It's got to be spoken in their language so they can understand. You want to be using influencers and figures of authority that are meaningful for that audience. And it's got to be in line with any other change initiatives as well. You'll want to make it personalized so it makes sense for them and from their own point of view. So maybe that's a specific role personalization. 
if you're rolling a change out to stores. Or maybe if it's about a particular situation, how you can identify and personalize the communication for stores that are experiencing whatever, whatever situation, lower sales, increased stock loss, whatever. So T is for targeted. A is for actionable. You need to be clear on what you want people to do. Crystal clear. And even then, you'll still have people misunderstanding, as we've seen in the example we've discussed today. And you also want to make sure that those actions have very clear and measurable steps. You know, if we're thinking about that action, stay home, you can tell if someone has stayed home or not. That is yes or no. What would that very clear action be for your change initiative? Have you done it? Yes or no? So A is for actionable. Then you go into R, which is for repeated. And we've discussed repetition already quite a bit today. So hopefully not a surprise for you this one. You can't rely on one change communication to change the world. You need to have multiple, multiple instances of that same communication, that consistent message, that consistent call to action. You want to be using multiple channels to help appeal to the different people wherever they hang out. And you want to use different styles of communication as well that appeal to different people based on their learning style or their communication style, their own internal communication style. So when some people prefer written communications, others would much prefer a video communication. When some people prefer to be broadcast to, others would prefer more of a discussion opportunity. How are you going to repeat it so that it makes sense for lots of different people, lots of different styles and personalities as well? And how are you going to use different wording so it feels fresh, but it still has that same underlying motto, that same underlying call to action as well? When I say you've got to repeat your communication, what I do not mean is just send out the same email again and again and again and again and again. That does not equal good repetition when we're thinking about this start model that I'm presenting to you. And finally, T is for trusted. Just as the who said right at the very beginning of this episode, if you don't have the trust, then people won't listen to the communications. So how are you going to use voices of trust? How are you going to show empathy to the people? And how are you going to stay true to your word so that people continue to trust what you are saying? Trust that you are guiding them in the right direction and that the change or transformation is right for the overall company and right for them as well at an individual level. So that is the START model, S-T-A-R-T. It's got to be simple, targeted, actionable, repeated, and trusted. And then finally, to close out this episode, I've got some actions for you inspired by how we've critiqued the government's coronavirus communication response. So first up, consider how you can start communicating early, perhaps as part of a wider change initiative or transformation communication, or maybe it's part of the wider business strategy. That way, your communication will tie in and it will make sense so people understand exactly where it is leading them and that it's all tied together and connected to the wider business. Next, consider how your communication can be made more specific rather than what we've seen from the government, which is that spray and pray approach. But instead, consider how you could segment your audience and how you could target them down. And one interesting thought here is how you can actually use data 
to segment your audience so that you get a more detailed description and understanding of who you are communicating to and what is relevant for them. The next action I want you to think about is how you are going to enforce compliance of the change. In this example with the COVID-19, we're seeing the police get involved. Now, I'm guessing you're not going to have the police involved in complying to your change, but maybe you are if it is a safe and legal change, right? But ideally, for your retail brand, you don't really want the police involved, let's be honest. So how are you going to encourage compliance, reward compliance, and also enforce those that don't comply as well? Next, how can you create an easy-to-remember motto about your change. You know, I'm thinking back to that incredibly clever motto that I personally think is very clever anyway. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. How are you going to have your equivalent for your change? What does that mean? And how are you going to use that to really encourage consistency and encourage people to take notice? And then finally, think about how you are going to use that start model that we spoke about just now. Simple, targeted, actionable, repeated, and trusted. Does your communication tick every single one of those boxes? I'd love to hear your reflections from this episode, particularly if you're not based in the UK and you are seeing a different communication strategy being put into place. Has it worked? Has it worked differently? Has it failed? Who knows? I'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me either by email oliver.banks at obandco.uk or you can find me on LinkedIn, I'm Oliver Banks or on Twitter at Ollie underscore Banks O-L-L-I-E underscore Banks and just finally, if you are not a regular listener then do remember to subscribe to this podcast new episodes are released every single Monday and if you're into retail and retail transformation then you must continue to tune in. And if you are a regular listener, then have you reviewed the show? I'd love it if you could. If you could head over, particularly if you're on Apple, head over to iTunes and share your thoughts in a short written review. That would be so appreciated. Thank you so much. Or hey, why not tell a friend or a colleague that they should be tuning in, particularly if they are staying at home. It's a good time to catch up on some podcasts. And with that, I will bid you farewell. Until the next time, stay safe, and I'll catch you then. Bye for now. Hold up. 